1: Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus likened the kingdom of God to a grain of mustard seed. The mustard seed symbolizes great growth from small beginnings. Its growth is very fast and way out of proportion to the size of the seed. It's the least of all the seeds, but grows into a shrub so great it actually looks like a tree. The kingdom of God is like this. Jesus, the founder of Christianity, was a humble man who lived in a despised part of the Roman Empire. At the end of his ministry, he entrusted the gospel to 11 untrained, unlearned men of lowly birth and status and commissioned them to make disciples of all nations. And the message he entrusted to them was actually an offence, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to the Greeks. If anything had its beginnings as a grain of mustard seed, it was the kingdom of God. From its inception, it met with terrible persecution. But as one preacher was martyred, another rose up to replace him. Church after church was planted, city after city fell to the gospel, until within 40 years of Christ's death and resurrection, the gospel had reached all the great centers of the Roman world. Nearly all of Europe, part of Asia, and all of North Africa received the gospel. And this mustard seed is still growing into a great tree called the Kingdom of God. This is Set Free with Ken Legg.
0: And this week we're looking at advancing the kingdom. And this parable of the mustard seed would have been a great encouragement to the disciples after the first two that Jesus told. The first parable, three parts of the seed were lost. The second parable, tares were mingled with the wheat. So this parable about how quickly and greatly the kingdom of God would grow in spite of all opposition must have been pretty good news to the disciples, I would think, Ken.
1: Yes, and, and the book of Acts actually bears out how fast it did grow. Acts covers about 30 years of history and gives us a summary of how the gospel was taken from Jerusalem, the capital of the religious world, to Rome, the capital of the secular world, and of course, the capital of the empire in that short period of 30 years. It turned the world upside down. I I believe, Phil, it it illustrates that everything God does usually has a small beginning. Mm. An eagle comes from an egg. A river comes from a trickle. A fire comes from a spark. And that's the ways of God. Man builds towers, but God plants a seed. Man builds big kingdoms, but God is growing a kingdom that will eventually bring the kingdoms of man to an end. Uh, In fact, in God's kingdom, nothing emerges full-grown. Right at the beginning of creation, God created a full-grown man. But when Jesus came as the head of the new creation, he came as a baby and grew into a full-grown man. The church in Europe, and remember, Europe carried the torch for the gospel for 2,000 years, almost. It had its beginning in a lady's home, Lydia. Mm -hmm. That's where it began. The worldwide Sunday school movement began with an effort to save a few kids from the streets. I guess the lesson is never have faith in big resources, but
0: have faith in a big God. Mm. We often forget that when uh, we see little things starting out. Uh, But this parable, I guess, really reinforces that other scripture that says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Yes, don't judge authenticity by size. Uh, One
1: beautiful contrast I love in the book of Acts is in, I think it's chapter 8, Phil, where we read about Philip, uh,
0: your namesake, in the city of... Spelled differently? Yeah. Oh, well. I've got two L's. They they were on special when I was born, apparently.
1: All right, okay. Um, Well, he was in the city of Samaria, and a great revival broke out. I mean, all the city was coming to Christ. Incredible. But then God takes him out of that revival. The key man in the revival takes him out of that, drops him in a desert, and there's this man on a chariot reading the Bible, and he leads that man to Christ. Now, Mm. that man happened to be a high-ranking official in Ethiopia, and then he got wonderfully saved, of course, and took the gospel down to the nation of Ethiopia. So we see small things. We look at big things. We look at big events. I think the church more and more is trying to create big events and so on to get an impression that something's happening. But God's way is to take small things and from small things to grow his kingdom. There may just be a listener today who's a solitary Christian, maybe in a classroom or maybe in their office or in their factory or maybe even in their street, they're kind of despising the fact, you know, I'm just all alone. Mm -hmm. I'm the only one here. here. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, they need to see themselves as a self-propagating seed. And from that seed, thousands may spring forth. And remember, each seed possesses the power to
0: become a big tree. It's quite amazing if we could have that perspective. I guess how God sees, you know, when we're just on our own, we're the one little seed Mm. that could grow into that big tree and, and some amazing things will happen down the track. Yeah. Love this parable, but there's another one after it, the parable of the leaven. Now, some people say that the message in that one is similar to that of the parable of the mustard seed, that Christianity will continuously transform society until society is perfected, acting in as leaven or yeast does to a loaf of bread. Is that how you see it? No, I don't see it that way, Phil.
1: In fact, uh, Scripture portrays leaven as a symbol of corruption, always. Uh, Leaven spreads and corrupts that with which it comes into contact with by disintegrating it and breaking it down. In fact, leaven is used 71 times in the Old Testament, 17 in the New Testament, not counting this one. And every time
0: it denotes that which is evil. So I can't believe that on this occasion it actually stands for something which is good. It's really interesting stuff, leaven or yeast. Maybe just talk about that a little bit for starters so we can understand that parallel. Yeah, leaven is anything added to baking that causes it to
1: ferment and rise. I was studying this, and I come across Easton's Bible Dictionary. And it says that in biblical times, it referred actually to a piece of dough from the previous or the preceding baking. Okay. Obviously, that had fermented. And when that was added, it had that leavening effect. Now, I believe that there's a key here, Phil, because when you think about the church, initially it was made up of people from two different backgrounds, Jews and Gentiles. When you read the epistles, you see that most of the problems were due to the fact that these people brought their influence in to the church from the past. Let's take, for example, the Jews. The Jews, of course, brought their legalism in Mm. from the law. Uh, Judaizers attempted to to bring the law into the New Testament church and to change it by means of the law. Yet it had this leavening effect. And when Paul addressed that problem in, in his letter to the Galatians, he says this, in fact, he says, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. <laughs> if you allow this legalism to come in, it's going to corrupt the purity of the gospel. But then let's look at the other side. The Gentiles brought in their licentiousness or their looseness of living, if you like, and Paul had to address that. So, for example, when he wrote to the Corinthians and they had a big problem with licentiousness, there was actually a man there that was living in sin, you know, living with his stepmother, and the church hadn't done anything about it. And so he says this. He says, your glorying is not good. Don't you know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump since you have truly become unleavened. For indeed Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. Therefore let's keep the feast not with the old leaven nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So you see there Phil that um, on both occasions the Jews, the Gentiles brought in their influence from the past. Just like leaven is something from the preceding baking brought in and corrupting the new, that's what was happening in
0: the church. I've never heard it put that way as being from the preceding batch. It mm. makes me think of yogurts or kefir and things like yeah. that. The Same sort of thing. The culture actually comes across, and sometimes we've got to make that clean break. The woman here, though, does she represent false teachers, do you think? Yeah, notice that that woman hid uh, the leaven, and that word hid actually is
1: from the Greek word encrypto. Uh, which means to hide in or to mix. Encrypto is the same word, of course, from which we get the word encrypt. So when someone encrypts a message, they mix it uh, so that others don't understand what's being said. Mm. So the major idea is to be sneaky or covert. And actually, when you come to the Word of God, you see that that's what happened on both those occasions. Uh, The Bible says concerning the legalism, this happened because false brethren secretly brought it in. They came in by stealth. Mm. Then you look at um, the licentiousness, and Jude says this, certain men have crept in
0: unnoticed. And so there's this kind of sneakiness that brings in this false teaching. Mm. Alright, just to summarise then God loves using the things that we might think are small and insignificant Like the mustard seed to build his kingdom Satan comes in stealthily Seeking to corrupt that kingdom But there's good news in the end of the book though About who wins, isn't there? Yes, I've read the back of the book and we win Jesus said, I will build my church And the
1: gates of hell will not prevail
0: Advancing the kingdom, it's something we're all called to do. And we'll continue our conversation on this tomorrow. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free.
1: For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Lake and details about Ken's ministry, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.